on your train and listen to us. We're going to have a podcast right here. Oh, you just hit play on Put Down Your Chainsaw, the podcast where we discuss important comedy albums and singles, then make up facts about them. Some facts are kind of true, but most of them are for entertainment purposes only. If you are curious about the actual facts of the subjects we cover, please independently verify them and do not rely upon us as a source of factual authority. Today we're talking about Dare to be Stupid, the song, not the album, by Weird Al Yankovic. If you haven't heard it, please go listen to it before because we're only going to play like small clips for demonstrative purposes. Very small clips. Smallest in the biz. That's what we're known for. Ask anybody in this town. When I go get my nails done, I go to small clips. Dare to be Stupid is clearly a call to arms. It's Weird Al's thesis statement. It came out in August of 1986. That is older than I am and significantly younger than you are. You are well into your 70s. We should get around to introducing ourselves. My name is Jacob Godby. My name is Justin Asher. And we do things. I do comedy. I make music. Justin, what do you do? Eh, this and that. Podcast, some shit. That's great. I am a performer, composer, engineer, educator. Quite the resume. I tell jokes for money under the guise of Strawberry Blonde is my musical side project. I was part of the comedy duo Gingers on Ice, and currently I perform under my own name as well. You are from the Midwest. To give you a little dynamic that we have, I am coastal elite. I am from Montana. I am very young. Justin is old enough to be my father. And now we are both located on the West Coast. But where did you come from? I came from Montana. Where is that? that? Montana is in the Pacific North Midwest. There you go. I think that I heard this first when I bought the DVD of his Ultimate Video Collection, and the video is on there. We'll get to the video later. I do know where I got the album, Dare to be Stupid, and that was in sixth grade. My friend Brandon had a copy, and we were like chatting about Weird Al, and I was like, oh yeah, I just picked up Bad Hair Day. You know, I haven't gotten to some of the other ones, and he's like, well, I have Dare to be Stupid. I'll just bring it to school and let you borrow it. So I took it home, and I ripped it onto my computer. I have since purchased my own copy of it. That was my first time listening to the full album but the song itself i think i had the videos first you understand we are recording this and that the record of your piracy in its purest form you're just explaining this all at the beginning of a podcast about this song about the artist you're telling us that you pirated it like i said i later went and purchased my own copy and then Mm -hmm. i went into the itunes i right clicked the song info and i typed in the uspc code on my copy of the cd so like sync up with this music modernization act i don't know if you've been following it i followed that mike love (laughs) was at the white house today (laughs) mike love went mike love went the real prick in that crowd is Mike Love. The author of Kokomo. Trump's probably like, oh, I, I just can't, can't wait to go to Kokomo. We've been to Kokomo. It's beautiful. All right, so this is Reggie from Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill podcast, where they talk about comics. He's going to tell us a little bit, or a lot bit, about his first time listening to Dare to be Stupid. The first time I, I heard Weird Al had to be Eat It, right? There. I know that's not the right album that's in 3D, but that had to have been MTV, I right? It had to be. I got MTV in 85, so I guess it was on the radio. It must have been Z100. So anyway, we got in 3D, and I was already a big Weird Al fan. In fact, that was the first album I ever bought with my own money at Blindside Records on 162nd Street in Flushing, Queens. What it cost? For some reason, I feel like it was under five bucks. <laughs> you know, it was a big deal, though, because I was like nine, you know what I mean? It was, it was right. a little bit of an expenditure for me, but I really wanted it. 
And my brother really wanted to get the Def Leppard. As a matter of fact, to be honest, full disclosure, I was sort of pushed into it by my brother because he wanted the album, but he wanted to buy Def Leppard more. So I took the hit so we both could listen to it, but I definitely got more play out of that album and all Weird Al. So from then, I was already hooked. I bought Dare to be Stupid songs unheard. I believe I walked into The Wiz and I knew that the next album was out and I bought it on cassette, probably on Main Street. I can't really guarantee it, but I definitely do remember hearing Like a Surgeon a lot on MTV to the point that I never wanted to hear Like a Surgeon again <laughs> for the rest of my life. And then you just start the album at track two, Dare to be Stupid. Well, you know, I had the tape. I do remember actually fast-forwarding it past Like a Surgeon after a while. <laughs> just isn't that creative of a song? It really is. Pat, you know what I mean? It's like a little too obvious. When there's awesome songs like Slime Creatures from Outer Space on the album, you right, know, like yeah. that's where we want to be. The first four tracks on that are crazy because you've got Like a Surgeon, then you've got Dare to be Stupid, which is awesome. Then you've got yeah. I Want a New Duck, which falls into the same camp as Like a Surgeon. And then you've got yeah. One More Minute. So like two of his all-timers and two of his like laziest ones. It's true. Although I, I Want a New Duck, I like better simply because it's got the quacking break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always good. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. That shit is soft and It is great. No, you're right. You're right. Well, also, when you come down to it, Like a Virgin is just not as good a song as I Want a New Drug. You know, it's like it's the parody mm. is going to follow the song that it comes from. So, so that album's got cable TV. Is that that one too? Yep. Mm-hmm. God, I love that. There's, I'd say pretty much every other song is just like a non-stop, just go right through and listen up. That was also one of my very first iTunes purchases. You know, the newer age was uh, Dare to be Stupid as well. When you bought the album, you came home, you put it on, and Dare to be Stupid, the song came on. Did you just immediately skip Like a Surgeon because you'd already heard it, or you wanted to hear how it sounded on your home system? More than likely, I played it just from the beginning and heard it, but definitely when I heard Dare to be Stupid, I was stunned. That was definitely a cassette. And I mean, you were there, Justin. We used to rewind the songs all the time. I listen to these fucking songs constantly. Like, Dare to be Stupid was a listen to it over and over type of song. And I did Dare to be Stupid. It just definitely framed my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I think Weird Al fans do internalize that message of wear a stupid looking shirt and be different. And I definitely did both of those things. I'd like to say thank you for your insight, but you haven't left anything for us. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, well, I ruined it. Definitely plug chrisandreggie.podbean.com. Okay. That'll be the thing to plug. Okay, back to Dare to be Stupid, the song. This is a Devo-style parody. Weird Al out-Devo-Devo. Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo agrees, Mm -hmm. actually, which is kind of amazing. He understood what Devo was trying to do. Devo is really about devolution. That's where their name comes from. Oh, see, I had a few other acronyms that I thought Devo stood for. Can I just run through them real quick? Absolutely. Great. Demonizing evil viral occupants. Mm -hmm. So the way that YouTube has been demonizing these terrible viral internet occupants like Logan Paul and Jake Paul, I thought maybe they were just ahead of the times with their name. Mm -hmm. I also thought maybe it was like a battle cry back in the olden times. Oh, okay. Like, okay. like Devo! No, no, no. Like, don't expire, Viking outlaws. Okay. And then they charge into the village. And then I thought maybe it was just like the headline for like a court case of a guy like falling out of a plane. And it says, Dave ejected. Very overstated. Hmm. Because the airline wins. Dave opened the door. It was his fault. Ah, that's kind of a meta headline that criticizes itself. (laughs) That's what journalists are out to do. (laughs) Hey, you know who needs to be taken down a peg? Me. He does a whole bunch of things in it to devolve. But it hasn't had the pretense of Devo. Presenting themselves as artists or completely embody devolved species. Weird Al, all he has to do is present himself as a paradist. And that's inherently stupid. Taking what is obviously the stupidest details about pop 
music and exaggerating them. the things that are absurd or the things that are unnecessary. Devolution, which is a parody of the stupidifying of society, is better handled by a parodist. That's a great point. We're going to talk about the music and the production of Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al Yankovic. First thing that we really notice... There's music coming through the headphones right away when you start the song. Weird Al is obsessed with detail. He is meticulous, ridiculous, and excessive. To the point that he wanted to get the best session musicians in a way that wouldn't even be noticeable. There's the Lin drum beat the popular drum machine. Yeah. And he got Prince to come in and program that, even though Bermuda Schwartz, his regular drummer, was available and could have done just as good a job. Prince had to wear a waterproof poncho because Bermuda was just drooling over the fact that Prince was not only doing his job, but doing it better than him. And he couldn't understand how just a beat that's one, two, one, two... Could be played better... Could, could, it could be better. By than by himself, yeah. On a machine that's programmed. He wasn't even playing it. That's actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Prince Poncho yeah, Prince. drooled on by Bermuda Schwartz. Wow, and they left the drool on it? Now been dried, but you can sort of see a stain. For the programming on the synthesizers, he got Thomas Dolby, the composer and performer of She Blinded Me With Science. Oh, and the inventor of Dolby Surround Sound. And THX. This was excessive. Also, there is a melody that is just pretty much one note. The entire vocal line hangs off yeah. one note. And he's saying, dare to be stupid, in Morse code. This song was taken from an orchestration, written for full orchestra, by Alf Clausen, who went on to write for The Simpsons. He and Weird Al had a falling out, basically about what the song was. Alf Clausen didn't even get what Weird Al was saying, which was really obvious. What we've been talking about, the devolution, associating that with stupidity. He, Alf Clausen didn't get it. He just thought it was like a kid's song. He couldn't see the depth in it. And so they parted ways. Weird Al then brought in Thomas Dolby, brought in Prince to do faithful rearrangements of the entire orchestration, all the different parts, but now for electronic instruments. Aside from just there being a one-note melody, there are no instruments that are playing more than one note at a time. The accompaniment. So there are no like chords happening in any of these. It's all single lines just playing little da 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 Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. The drums even. And it's mostly just the root note. I mean, that's another way in which Weird Al out Devo Devo. Man, even the guitar riff. It's all just single notes. Mm -hmm. You're right. And they're exactly proportional to each other. I mean, it's very, very rigidly minimalist, really primitivist in a profound way. He also uses the whoosh fills and the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. If you notice, that has a little clicking temple block thing in it. That's mm -hmm. an Alf Clausen orchestration put to electronics. The whoosh fills, the those formally fit into the song in their own sort of pattern that will be indicated on my colored pencil diagram. So please check out our Instagram. At put down your. I'm ready to jump into the lyrics. Okay, let's go into it. Right off the bat, what stuck out to me, a line, it's time to let your babies grow up to be cowboys. I know that within the lyrics themselves, he's taking a lot of like popular expressions, right? And he's just flipping them on their head. This one, I didn't know the particular reference, so I went to Genius and I looked at it, and it turns out that there was a large stigma in the 80s against raising your children to be cowboys. Cowboys were just not hip in the 80s. But there was still like this faction of mothers mm -hmm. and fathers who wanted to raise their babies to grow up to be cowboys. And so this album sold like wildfire up in that faction. They, they had representation in this song all of a sudden by a contemporary pop artist, nonetheless. They were taking ownership of it. Being from Montana, 
I was very close to being raised in that faction. I almost grew up to be a cowboy myself. Your parents almost continued to encourage this until they had heard Dare to be Stupid and were warned against it. Even though it sounds stupid to the common man, there's a whole group of people that took it as a warning. Weird Al saved a lot of potential young cowboys to be. He saved their lives. There's a further genius annotation, and at the bottom it says, and I shit you not, this is real. It says, also, if your babies grow up to be cowboys, they could get themselves shot by outlaws. That's and I was really like, what it says on Genius? Yeah. And I was like, interesting. Great point. I won't do that. They'll let anyone post on Genius. You better sell some wine before it's time. Another great line, because wine and time almost rhyme. The next line, you better squeeze all the charmin you can when Mr. Whipple's not around. Weird story. Mr. Whipple is from my hometown. Really? Yeah. Did you ever get to squeeze Mr. Whipple? Or was he gone by the time you were... No, he was gone by the time I was... He was in yeah. Hollywood yeah. doing coke and... Horse. The next line, right? Stick your head in the microwave, get yourself a tan. I did that. When I came down to Los Angeles for the first time, I was like, whoa, there's a lot more sun year-round than there is in Montana. So, as poor as I was, I decided to give myself, I think I think it's called on the streets, I think it's called a box tan. They get it because you can't afford a bed, you can only afford a box. It's right. a whole societal like dichotomy thing. You stick your head in the microwave, you turn it on, you get a base. So you used to be dark hair, brown eyed. You were like, you kind of almost look Slavic. Yeah, and then I stuck my head in the microwave for upwards of 30 minutes. I have a question for you. It's two lines. Bite the hand that feeds you, bite off more than you can chew. How do you feel about the word bite starting off two phrases in a row? Well, if you check out our Instagram feed, I will put my formal diagram of the lyrics. There are patterns that emerge, and one of those patterns involves the first words of all of the lines. The lines are triptychs. You have ba ba da ba da ba 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 da ba da ba 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 da ba da ba da. Dare to be stupid. That's every verse, every chorus. The words at the beginning of each of those lines make a ciphered sentence. So the b and the b be part of a word. What you're going to find when you look at this chart, this form, is different ways of bifurcating things. Kind of all stems out of the idea of put down your chainsaw. So that's why that line is the most out of place in the song. But it's the most important part of his kind of thesis on the duality of stupid versus not stupid and how they're both sides of the same coin. That part of the song is about the mouth. It's about consuming. He uses the word in eating that means to bifurcate. Cool. There is a significance between lines that are based on cliches, expressions, and lines that are just simply stupid things. Most of the form is two cliched expression parodies, and then a line that is just simply made up. You can eat a bunch of sushi and forget to leave a tip. Like, is that a reference to anything, or is that just nope, that stupid? that is simply... Okay. A foolish thing to do. When that comes, that's at the end of a uh, two. Uh, yeah, you can turn the other cheek. You can just give up the ship. Mm-hmm. You can eat a bunch of sushi, sushi and, and forget, forget to leave, leave the tip. tip. And then in the overall form, it's so easy to do. Mm, We're yeah. all waiting for you. Let's go. And then it goes into the instrumental bridge. So that part is just pure observation. It's not based on cliche. And so that's the larger form of him building up to these cliches. The first line, put down your chainsaw, is not a cliche. So he opens up with something that's not a cliche. And then the next two lines are cliche. So he has a reverse right at the front. I enjoy the line, there's no more time for crying over spilled milk, it's time for crying in your beer. By that verse, he's actually going cliche 
stupid, cliche, stupid, cliche, stupid. It's old enough that people are still crying in their beers because millennials now, we are not crying in our beers. We are crying into our Four Locos and our mm-hmm. Red Bull Vodkas. I think that's called a Vegas bomb. Beer is still a thing. We drink it, but it, it's not worth crying over. In no. fact, there are a lot of great micro brews that if they were to bring one to tears at all, it would be because of a Too taste. many hops. Sorry. Or that too. The IPAs, mm-hmm. I, uh, yes, too many hops. I have Too many fucking hops. I've spilled a few tears. Your goddamn generation has run hops all over this earth. I referenced this line in a Strawberry Blonde song. Let's discuss. Settle down, raise a family, join the PTA, buy some sensible shoes and a Chevrolet, then party till you're broke and they drive you away. It's okay, dare to be stupid. He's implying there, I think, right, that... The American dream is stupid. He's also implying the stupidity of conformity and monoculture, which is at the core of his parody entirely. This is a call to arms. And that verse is the most searing indictment of the thing that he is parodying the most. He's taking the U.S. and he is searing the outside of it, much like a steak. Like a tuna steak. And just leaves the Midwest medium rare. And Canada's kind of like the wasabi. And Mexico is the... Brioche. And Alaska's the other brioche on the top. And Guam is like... It's a pickle. And the Virgin Islands are when you get the bread that comes first, Mm -hmm. and you put butter on it, and then Mm -hmm. you kind of lean that knife on the edge of your plate. Mm. And and a little bit gets on your burger. A little bit of the butter comes... Gets on the tuna. That's the Virgin Islands. The Mariana Trench is kind of like the lettuce that just kind of hangs out there on the side that Mm -hmm. isn't in anything. It's just like one strip of lettuce and Puerto Rico is the fact that you're being ignored by the waiter (laughs) searing indictment I think about the mashed potatoes on that plate they can be your friends I didn't know that before this song I was like mom I want to be friends with baked potatoes I want to be friends with french fries I want to be friends with tater tots I want to be fries with fries (laughs) I want to be fries I want to be friends with every other kind of potato mashed potatoes didn't even cross my mind that you could be friends with them can we change our podcast name to fries with friends what is up with that line? Stupid. It's not based on a cliche. It fits into the form. That's cool. But it's really stupid. Forgetting to leave the tip is like kind of stupid for sushi. Put your head in a microwave and get a tan is... Goofy stupid. It's like a party trick stupid. Mashed potatoes can be your friends is like abstract. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's like subliminal stupid. I think we are getting a glimpse into Weird Al's psyche with that line. He is actually friends with mashed potatoes and he's letting everyone in on the secret that, hey, you guys, mashed potatoes can be your friends. Whether or not you hear that call, that's up to you. He's setting a parameter with that statement, too. It's like, this is how stupid I'll get. If you're not on board for this, you're not on board with like 70% of my discography. I get this stupid. What is a coffee achiever? In New York City, there was this little coffee shop on Broadway and 47th Street. Oh, yeah, I know the place. And a really good coffee, and they would give you a free big growler full of cold brew. And this is in the 80s when cold brew wasn't very popular. But it's New York, so you know, they got it. In it first. So you can get a one gallon growler of coffee if you can hand them an entire card. Of achievement. But they had specific achievements. Oh. Yeah. So it was like a treasure hunt. Yeah. Like a coffee street team. You had to like pull a bicycle out of the East River. You had to ride your motorcycle in the rain. Billy Joel was very popular. Oh, you had to be arrested. This is all on coffee, by the way. And it had to be within like 45 minutes of drinking coffee because that's peak caffeination time. If you drank coffee and then cops were like chasing you for 45 minutes and then they arrested you at like 46 minutes, it didn't count. How do you feel about him going, uh, shout it out loud. I can't hear you. 
okay, I can hear you now. The stupidity of musically satisfying cliche. The whole song has the question and answer thing that he's basically making fun of. And at the end, it's sort of the peak of it where he's interacting with the crowd. The more I explain it, the funnier it gets. Another cliche, it's not a cliche, it's a thing. And it's satisfying and it's stupid where he says, it's so easy to do over dare to be stupid. Yeah. In the background, they're going, dare to be stupid. And he speaks over their answer. Something that started really with gospel music. I like to think that he didn't have an ending and he just sort of improvised it. Like, so it happened naturally. I don't know. Could be. It wasn't some planned He was in the, the Mark Mothersbaugh parody. I don't know. So you don't think he's as obsessed and as, as much of a mastermind as I'm finding in this song. There's so much oh. depth to the level of his insight into layers of stupidity he in is. the production process. I just wonder if sometimes he allows himself just like a second to breathe in a song to be compelling not through the words so much but through my charisma that mm. my fans already like me for this is on his third album I mean, that's the enigma he's presenting both sides of the same coin being both stupid and brilliant at the same time he's We've... letting himself go and he's being very intentional what are we talking about the first time I dared to be stupid? Yeah, maybe not the first time, but when when is When did I time? dare to be the stupidest? Yeah, when if, when did you darest to be a st the stupidest? Well, there was a... Uh, no, that's too stupid. <laughs> one time I drank a gallon of milk and washed it down with some cottage cheese. Mm -hmm. That was stupid. I met my idol, Captain Kangaroo, when I was a little kid. And he was my idol, but I'd never actually seen the show. And I just told him that when I met him. I was like, I love you, Captain Kangaroo. I, um, I haven't seen your show, but I like the way you dress. I need to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Kangaroo Captains. Do you need to train a kangaroo for a movie scene or other jovial project? Then call Kangaroo Captains. We have many trained captains of kangaroos just waiting in the stables. You have to supply the kangaroo, but we supply the captains. Yes, they stay in the stables. I did say that. We have captain stables, much like kangaroo stables, if you are an owner of multiple kangaroos. If you need a captain for your kangaroo, call Kangaroo Captains. Let's talk about the music video. No. Yeah. Okay, you talk about the music video. I've never seen it. You've never seen the music video? No. Was I supposed to see the video for this? Are you kidding me? Dare to be a stupid is probably in my top 10 Weird Al music videos. And this might be in my top 10 Weird Al songs as well, but the music video is all like Devo stuff. There's two things specifically I want to shout out. People who have seen the video, unlike Justin, will know what I'm talking about. At one point, an animated T-Rex transition where it just kind of goes across the screen and it has like glittery suit jacket on and a top hat and sunglasses and it's just this T-Rex smiling and it goes across the screen and it's beautiful. The other thing is in this video, Jim West has a gnarly rat tail. Disgusting. Yeah, it goes like halfway down his back and it's very curly. It is gross. This is Weird Al's cry to the world encapsulating everything he does in this song. That's why we picked it. He's at the heart of this podcast. Simply being the finest novelty music creator in history is unsurpassed. As someone who loves Weird Al's work, basically across the spectrum, even some of what fans consider to be like his lesser works, like, like Polka Party or like the UHF soundtrack. There's still so many things to love about those releases. I know some people are like, oh, in 3D is like the best and he never got better than that. I disagree. I think that's crazy talk. There are slight upward trajectories and downward trajectories on his track record, but overall he's been remarkably consistent with mm -hmm. a, some high points and some low points. And Dare to be Stupid is one of those high points for me. It sets the stage for, and maybe he didn't know even that he was going to still be around in 2018. If it would have ended with that album, 
album, he still might have been the best novelty music creator in history. I mean, this song came out, what, 32 years ago now this year? It's still just as relevant as ever. Even if some of the references are a little bit outdated, the message behind them is not. Let's have our segment, What Did Jacob Not Get? Okay, most of these I I do understand now. Would you say this song would be notable for its timeless reference, or it's just kind of like any other parody we listen to? There's a really big chunk of it that you just don't get because it's old. There's not so many references that I couldn't grasp the premise. Take some wooden nickels, look for Mr. Goodbar, get your mojo working now. All extremely outdated words. Granted, that one is a real stinker. When I was a kid, it was hard for me to know what right, they yeah. were talking about. I don't know about. what wooden yeah. nickels are, other than what they say they are. It's an expression that they stopped using in like the 40s. Okay, yeah. I don't know don't who Mr. Goodbar is and why I should look for him. And I know what mojo is, but why do I need to get it working? There's a very specific time shout out here. You can sit around the house and watch Leave It to Beaver. I particularly like that line because that show is fucking stupid. It is so stupid. He picked a perfect show. And it still reruns too, so it might still be timely. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. No, you should know what Leave It to Beaver is. It still says something about a person if they sit around the house and watch Leave It to Beaver. There are some dated references, but the premise is still easy enough to grasp. With a little bit of research, all of the references can be understood. What was hard for me as a child was to parse which ones were references and which ones were just the stupid lines the sushi one how am I supposed to know that that's different than anything else if I don't know what the other ones are either to his brilliance whether or not they come from cliches they're all stupid things so even if you recognize none of the cliches the fact that you will discover that one of those things is a cliche will make you realize slowly the stupidity of your world as your references emerge the more that I learn about this world no matter how specific it gets it stays stupid If you like this podcast, you're a certain type of person, and I bet you know someone else who will like this podcast for the exact same reasons you do. They're going to be so happy if you tell them about it, plus then you can discuss the episodes together. And if you still want to discuss more, reach out to us on Twitter at PutChainsaw, Instagram at PutDownYour, or on Facebook at PutDownYourChainsawPod. Leave a review on iTunes. It helps them prioritize us, which helps others find out about us. And we want to reach as many people as we can with this bizarre little project of ours. Put Down Your Chainsaw was produced and edited by Jacob Godby and Justin Asher. Recording, mixing, and music was by Justin Asher for Mnemonic Recordings. Special thank yous to Reggie of Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill. On the socials at Reggie Reggie. And you can find their podcast at chrisandreggiespotbean.com. Also, thanks to genius.com. And thank you especially to Weird Yankovic. I'll see you next episode. Mnemonic Recordings.